Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Okay, as always, we have so much to talk about. And right now, uh, Boston, the political social climate is particularly uh, charged. (laughs) shall we say, and I think rightfully so. So let's just get right into things. Let's unpack what's going on. A a lot of what's taking up people's attention, uh, what's taken up a lot of people's bandwidth uh, is the uh, the vaccine mandate uh, that has been put in place. Uh, So city workers have to get a vaccine mandate uh, per Mayor Wu. And then when you go out to different businesses and some nonprofits, you have to show proof of vaccination. And when you enter in the building, you have to, you know, you have to have a mask on. And so a lot of people have protested these measures. Now, of course, Mayor Wu is saying that uh, this is done to protect the safety uh, of all within the city of Boston. And I I hear that, but th- there are a few problems. There are a few problems. Um, in full disclosure, I am not on board uh, with the vaccine mandate, and I'm not on board uh, with people having to show proof of vaccination when they go into various places of business. And I'm going to explain why. So, first of all, um, let me say that I believe that it's important to keep community safe. I want everyone to be safe. Having said that, there are different paths that people can take to keep others safe. So there, there is, of course, getting vaccinated, right? Getting ba- vaccinated. And if you so wish, getting, uh, getting a booster shot. Um, for a variety of reasons, there are people who choose not to do that, but they still want to keep people safe. So what they opt to do is they undergo weekly testing. And so these two ways of people keeping not only, of course, themselves safe or safer and others um, is it's it's not only, you know, people thinking to themselves, okay, I want my community to be healthy. I want to be healthy or or at less of a risk of being 
uh, unhealthy or, or sick, um, but it's also something that it's this was approved of. This was approved of by the CDC. So we have two paths in place. We have uh, oh, we had two paths in place, um, and what has basically happened is there's been a great disruption. So it, it, this is kind of complicated, and it doesn't need to be. So let me kind of go back. Let me hit the rewind button and go back. Um, there had been memoranda in place of agreements between the city of Boston and several unions. And this allowed people to pursue the two paths, one of the, one of the two paths that I just discussed. So again, getting a vaccination, uh, getting the two doses, or submit to weekly testing. So these two paths, as I said, you know, this isn't just a matter of people, um, you know, random people who've identified two ways uh, of uh, keeping themselves and others safe or safer. And I, and I always have to say safer, and I'll get to why I'm saying that in just a bit. Um, but again, these were, these were two measures um, identified, approved of, by the CDC. Okay. The problem happened, um, for those who are less familiar with what's going on in Boston, the problem, um, our problems began to arise when Mayor Wu took over, or took over, when she was um, sworn in, because she quickly, uh, not even put to one side, you could really say really kind of <laughs> gutted and threw in the trash, uh, not necessarily literally, but certainly figuratively, this memoranda uh, that had been in place um, that, that showed the agreement between, uh, the memoranda that, that showed the agreement between several unions in the city of Boston. Now, the reason why, <laughs> the reason why I personally am opposed to this vaccine mandate. And, and it's, it's important for me to say this. I'm not jumping on a bandwagon. And, you know, forgive me if I'm not as fluid as I normally am or try to be. Um, but this is really, this is very much a multi-layered issue. And it's, it's a very, I think it's complex because there are a lot of different people that have come together on both sides. And it's, it's just kind of difficult sometimes to kind of sift through what the issues are. Um, but again, first and foremost, I, I mean, I have a hard time believing that people, there are people out there who have a flagrant disregard for themselves and others and don't care about being safe or keeping themselves as safe as possible. and 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 um, not caring about whether others are, are, are um, at risk of, of, of catching a, a disease or a virus or, or becoming, you know, or, or, or getting some kind of ailment. 
it's I, I need to I need to put that out there because th- there seems to be in some in some instances these dueling narratives and and we don't want that so again let let's let's cut through everything and let's just say that first we have the issue that people should have a choice because there are or because yeah because there are more than or there are several ways to remain safe or safer people should have a choice as to whether they want to get vaccinated or whether they want to submit to weekly testing. Now, I hear the chance, I've heard the chance, my, my, my body, my choice. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to attach a slogan to any of it, but what I want to say is that people should have a choice if there is, in fact, a choice, uh, a choice to make. So there's already that. Um, in full disclosure, I am vaccinated. I am fully vaccinated. Um, I have not gotten a booster. I'll talk a uh, booster shot. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but it was my choice. And I think that people should not be in a position where they can't make a choice. I don't think people should be in a position where they feel coerced. Because again, you have the CDC that has laid out two paths for people to take, one of two paths for people to take to mitigate the risk of catching the virus um, and, and, and just really trying to navigate what is going on um, and, and I can't even say pandemic. I, I don't, I, I <laughs> this is, it's, 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 it's actually, it's, it's, it's a bit, um, it's a bit crazy. So I don't even know if you can say pandemic at this point. Um, but whatever is going on, um, I would say that these two, one of, you know, choosing one of these two paths enables people to, to navigate uh, what is going on, and um, and I do think that it helps to keep risks low, and and eventually the idea, the hope, the idea, the hope is is to see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Now I'll say the reason why I say the reason why I said that I don't quite know what's going on. You know, I don't know if we can really talk about a pandemic. Because consistently, there has not been a coordination between the different levels of government. Uh, Not at all. And I can't think of any time in recent history, (laughs) um, I would say, or I mean, I I should probably uh, watch what I say, right? Uh, Because everyone's always listening uh, carefully and ready to jump on every word. But... uh, why don't I phrase it like this? Um, I, I think there was definitely a need for the different levels of government, um, you know, local, state, federal, to really kind of work together in a coordinated effort to get the information out so there wouldn't be misinformation, so people wouldn't be panicking, so people wouldn't 
be in a situation where they didn't know what to do or they couldn't access resources, um, haven't been impacted by the pandemic. So, you know, there's already been that, you know, the, the consistency of the lack of cohesion, if that makes any sense. Like, consistently, there hasn't been any coordination. Um, and, and that's, honestly, that, that's unacceptable. And it's, it's I, I, could, I could do several whole shows on, on, on that alone. But it really is, it's, uh, it, it's an appalling, it's, it's an appalling state of affairs. So because there hasn't really been um, consistent information, because there have been so many instances where people who are making the rules uh, supposedly uh, so that we will remain safe or safer, um, they themselves are not following the rules. There's that, too. Uh, we, we find ourselves, um, a lot of members in the public, and, and I, I include myself, uh, we're very we're very kind of um, not only frustrated and upset, um, but, you know, we're kind of uh, feeling a, a sense of malaise. Um, you know, it's just, it's very, it's very much like this unease or uncomfortable um, about what's going on. And increasingly, I think that there's really a lack of faith because there hasn't been consistency in information, because there hasn't been a coordination between the levels of go- different levels of government, uh, because we have different elected officials who are making rules that they themselves then do not follow. So there's really no faith. And increasingly, to, to, to kind of add to that, um, we're getting information that contradicts not even just somewhat, but outright, uh, a lot of what we've been told um, all along. So definitely a, a kind of a melange, uh, a melange uh, amalgam, if you will, of emotions. And, and they're all, uh, they're all, none of them are positive ones. Um, so I, I think that, I think that at this point, um, a lot of people think that it's not so much a pandemic as it is political theater. And uh, I personally think because we do have new information coming out that um, does seem to be more rooted in, what's the word, science, (laughs) that does seem to... um, have some rhyme and reason, not because it's what I want to believe, but because it's not, it's not shifting uh, every day. It's not changing every day. It, it seems to be um, a steady narrative, if you will. So I, I think that, I personally think that maybe it's time to start talking about shifting from talk of a uh, pandemic to more uh, of something that's endemic, okay, uh, a virus that's endemic. And that's why, you know, I kind of hesitate to continue to talk about a pandemic. Um, so let me get to another reason then why I am opposed to um, Mayor Wu's 
vaccine mandate uh, for city uh, city employees, and then also, you know, showing proof of vaccination in various businesses. Um, I think that for me, um, another issue it's labor. It's labor. I'm very supportive of unions. And I think that, you know, when you have an agreement that's been brokered by union leadership, and particularly when it's with government, if it can be put to one side so easily by government, that, that puts us on a slippery slope. And it's, it's, it's actually, it's alarming. Now, in full disclosure, you know, because I always try to be transparent, I come from a union background. So I come from an old union family. And, you know, I remember my father telling me growing up, you're union born and fed. And I saw firsthand the power, the good that unions can do insofar as allowing families to accumulate generational wealth, uh, insofar as enabling someone to work and apply his trade uh, with dignity and pride. And so I have a tremendous regard for what unions can do, what unions have done to promote the worker, to elevate the worker uh, at various points uh, in the history of this country. So the idea that you have government that can just say, eh, whatever, memoranda, shmemoranda, <laughs> I... I just that that greatly disturbs me because again it's that that slippery slope it's it's setting a precedent that is not a positive one and it's also in in very very colloquial terms it's it's union busting you're gutting unions and I think that we, we saw during the pandemic that more than ever, we need unions for a variety of reasons, right? To make sure that safety measures are in place, to protect wages, and to protect the, the basic inherent dignity of the worker. And so again, the idea that Mayor Wu is going to just put these memoranda to to one side, and and I and I'm using more diplomatic language there. That that upsets me greatly. We can't we can't have government that does not respect the the, the laborer, the worker. We cannot have government where. One thing is said, and then another thing subsequently is done. So those are the two reasons 
why I am opposed to the mandate. Now, I said earlier in the show, in full disclosure, I'm fully vaccinated. But again, that, that's, that's my choice. So that's really where I stand. And, and I felt that it was important to say all of that, to explain all of that, because a lot of people do jump on a bandwagon, right? And it's very much, you know, the, the thing to do right now to, to go, go to an elected official's place and protest, to express grievances, to, um, you know, take the pitchfork, <laughs> uh, to, to retrieve it from the back of the, the closet and kind of polish it up and take it out into the street for, uh, for a whirl around the, the block. Uh, I, I think that, you know, that there's always going to be uh, people who are upset and aggrieved and who feel wronged, right? We're, we're, there's always going to be that element. And then I will say that, that some of the people who are upset with Michelle Wu you know, over, over these vaccine mandates, showing proof of vaccination. You know, some of those people are, are, are anti-vaxxers and they are categorically against vaccines. So you have that element. I'm not, and I don't, <laughs> I'm not talking about either of those groups to disparage them. I'm just saying that there are a lot of different groups, right? It's not just you, you, uh, or the paper or the, you know, when I say you, I mean, from, you know, speaking familiarly, uh, or, you know, if I, if I said the media, or if I said, uh, uh, a casual observer or, or a more, I don't know, seasoned observer no one can really look at what's going on and just kind of make a sweeping generalization and I keep on coming back to the word complex because it, it, it really is now unfortunately there have been people who have said things about Michelle, and now I'm going to refer to the mayor by her first name because I do know her. I don't pretend a friendship because we're not friends. We're not. But I do know her. I have talked to her over the years, uh, you know, on different occasions. And I don't want to see, although I'm very, very much opposed to, 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 uh, to different things she's done, uh, and this isn't the only uh, thing. This isn't the only instance where I've been very much opposed to Michelle. Um, there've there've been other policies that she has, or the hat. There are other policies rather that she has laid out um, that she has been promoting um, that I'm I I find just I'll use the word appalling again. I I just I'm I I don't 
know exactly what she's thinking. I don't really understand her rationale. Having said all that, she should not be the target of any kind of racial uh, attacks. She should not be the target of any kind of uh, misogynistic remarks or activity. I want to be absolutely clear on that. And, you know, you, you could very well have people uh, that uh, are opposing her right now because of, of these mandates, because of her policies uh, regarding uh, the coronavirus uh, that are driven by race and gender. But I need to say that the majority, the vast, vast majority, the overwhelming majority of people that have spoken up, that have expressed concern, real concern, legitimate concern, they do not are will not condone any kind of bigotry toward the mayor that they are in no way driven by bigotry themselves but they're concerned they have the same concerns that I do that there should be a choice that because there is a choice the people should be able to make that choice that because there were agreements in place with different unions, those agreements, that, that agreement that you could either get the vaccine or undergo, uh, I believe, a weekly test, that should be respected. The work that was done by union leadership, between union leadership in the city of Boston, those words, the good faith efforts, all of that should be respected. And so that's what's really driving people. And again, I, <laughs> I feel it's just, it, this, all of this is so surreal because if someone would have told me that this would have been an issue in Boston even seven years ago, I knew that we weren't going in a, in a good direction. But even though I feel like I could see what was the possibility of happening, the fact that it's actually happening is, is something that <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard for me to get my head around. Because I know what Boston is. Having grown up here, my family having roots here going back over a century. I mean, this is the city that made me. I feel... <sighs> this, it's just the city is my heart. And, and I, I see what's going on and I'm just, I'm astounded. And it's, it's just, it, it doesn't resemble what Boston is. 
And I think, honestly, that I think that's another thing that's really kind of galvanized people. A lot of people. And it's, there's this really kind of fascinating evolution that's taken place. And you have these different groups, this coalition, all these different groups have coalesced and they've just become one and they're just opposed to what they're seeing. They're opposed to the measures that are being pushed by Michelle. Now, I also want to kind of drop some news. So uh, an appellate judge has ruled against uh, the mayor uh, and, um, you know, reading a report from the Herald, uh, there's some reporters that have been on this, that have been covering this. And, um, you know, one such report was put out today, in fact. And so, again, an appellate ju- judge has ruled against uh, the mayor. And this is indefinitely extending the court-ordered pause on enforcement of Boston's employee coronavirus vaccine mandate. Uh, And I'm reading actually right from the report, right from the article, as the public safety unions further prevailed in a lawsuit against the city. And uh, and apparently this, this ruling by the appellate judge, it effectively, it overturns a lower court judge's decision to let uh, Michelle Wu, Mayor Wu, go ahead with um, discipline, disciplining city workers who um, have not gotten the shot. But uh, there's still a lot that's going on. There's still, it, it's not, okay, well, you know, we, it's a great victory and, you know, everything's fine and everything will be back to normal within uh, checks watch, you know, within the next week or so. That's, it's, it's not that straightforward. So why don't we take a quick break? Because I feel like I have vomited (laughs) a lot of different uh, information, uh, particularly uh, for people who um, are not familiar who might be listening outside of Boston who might not be as familiar what's going on here Um, and then even if you are from here and even if you have been following uh, there's so many different um, like I said layers and it's so complex and there's there really is so much to kind of kind of sift through um, that it's it's not very easy to understand uh, so, yeah, let's go to a quick break. Uh, we'll kind of let the, everything digest a bit. Uh, and then I'll come back and I'll talk about this some more. You went car shopping. You meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Potential is everywhere. It's in every child, in every community. 
Big Brothers Big Sisters of Eastern Massachusetts works to transform communities by empowering, defending, and igniting the potential of youth across Eastern Massachusetts, ensuring every child has the support from caring adults that they need for healthy development and success in life. Big Brothers Big Sisters fosters one-to-one mentoring relationships between child and adult, helping the youth in our communities achieve their fullest potential. But at any given moment, there are hundreds of children in our region in need of a caring adult role model. Do you have what it takes to become a defender of potential? You can learn more at massbaybigs.org. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So I have been talking about uh, the measures that uh, Mayor Wu has been trying to push uh, under the guise of keeping the city safe safer. Now, I chose um, to kind of lay out how I feel and and also just to kind of uh, explain our perspective. Um, And I don't pretend to speak for other people besides, I mean, I just speak for myself. Um, But to kind of explain our perspective and, and, and again, to be transparent as to why I hold the perspective. Um, I chose very much a narrative uh, chronological approach. So for those of you who are just tuning in, um, I kind of went back to the beginning and I stopped at um, an appellate judge uh, sharing that news um, who has ruled against uh, the mayor uh, indefinitely extending the court order pause on an enforcement of um, the Boston's employee coronavirus vaccine mandate. So in, I guess, putting forth this narrative, I also try to underline why it's not it's not a good idea to kind of just make a a broad generalization. I've seen so many different people who are opposed to what Michelle Wu is doing, Mayor Wu. And it's really, it's incredible to see the diversity. And, And that's a word that's thrown around a lot. So much so that, you would think that it's robbed of its meaning. And in some ways, all these different groups that have come together, it very much um, has kind of uh, revived the word, if you will, because it really is, um, it's really very much a diverse group. Now, I want to make sure that I get in some names and and talk about certain groups in particular. And, you know, one of the people who has been very much the backbone and and, and really a key organizer 
to you know in in terms of the you know the pro organizer of the protest and and and, and the protest movement if you will against mayor wu's um policies measures uh has been uh boston boston police officer boston uh, sergeant uh shana katome and uh she's really the sergeant, she's she's phenomenal. She's really uh, incredible. Um, she has been, you know, out there really speaking eloquently, bravely. They've been, you know, very, very courageous. Um, Lou Murray, he is, uh, he is, uh, I guess you could call him an activist, and I haven't always agreed with Lou. <laughs> uh, Lou knows that. <laughs> um, but uh, he has done good work in um, really kind of elevating this issue. He has helped uh, Sergeant Contone, uh, you know, in, in amplifying her voice amplifying the voice of others and um you know he's he's doing i think he's doing good work here i do um lou Murray, so again he's he's an activist um he is i think that's a good word um maybe a political operative but more maybe an activist eh, I, I guess yeah but he is also you know involved with politics and um he has, um, you know, made a lot of commentary and uh, has contributed, I think, a lot to the kind of um, forum of, you know, the forum of thought on, on uh, what the city of Boston has been doing to supposedly combat <laughs> uh, the pandemic under the Wu administration. And, um, you know, to say a little bit more about, uh, just to kind of jump back to Sergeant Contone and say a little bit more about her, um, she uh, heads a group, and it's uh, the Boston First Responders United. And, the, you know, this, this group has, has played a critical role, I think, in really kind of opening up people's eyes to what they can do. I think that people have, for, for far too long, haven't really believed that they can do anything. And I'm going to tell you that one of the reasons why I stood up in 2020 to run for office was because I met people who felt helpless. And I think that one of the stories that really affected me the most, that shook me to my core, was hearing from a friend 
that someone whom he knew had committed suicide, which is, you know, obviously a horrible tragedy. And, you know, this was a young woman, a mother, and had young children. So, you know, may God bless her children. And she felt that there was no other recourse. She felt that no one heard her, no one saw her. And her existence was made up of just a, just, it was just one long struggle. And I, well, I actually, I, I actually had heard that story after I had decided to run. But there were, I would say, other events, other encounters, personal experiences that I had had, which propelled me to run to that, that made me want to stand up and run to emerge from the background. And when I heard that story, I said, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing. This is something that I have to do because there are voices that are not being heard. There are people that for all the talk, for all, all the noise that's made, there are people who are just not being seen. And when I think about, you know, these different people like Sergeant Cantone, like Lou Morey, like, you know, these, these other people who are really taking such a brave stand. Um, it's, I, I think it really is reminding people, like I said, what they, what they can do. And it's reminding people that we really are unique. We are really a unique country, I should say. Because at every level of government, it really is about the people. And no elected official is more powerful than the people, than the community that he or she, community or communities that he or she represents. And so I want people to take away from today's show that just like any other cause that I have been involved in, that I have spoken out about, this is the same in the respect that I'm not here because I'm jumping on a bandwagon. I'll, I'll use that expression again. This is something that I believe in. This is something that I truly believe in. I also want people to take away that there are many brave people that are risking a lot. I mentioned two names, Sergeant Cantone and Lou Murray, but there are others. There are others. And I think we should all be very grateful for what they're doing. You do have some elected officials who have spoken out in favor of transparency, in favor of labor, in favor of choice, 
You have Counselor Frank Baker. And I am a huge fan of Frank Baker. And again, I will tell you that just like with all the, the causes or the positions that I take, if I say that I support a person, if I say that I am a fan of somebody, it's because I can explain why. So it's, it's never because I put my finger up to the wind to see which way the wind was, is blowing. It's, it's never that. You know, over the years, I have been able to work with Frank Baker and his office to get things done. I have worked with his office as well as Counselor Michael Flaherty, who's also wonderful. I've been able to work with Frank Baker um, to raise awareness about human trafficking, which is uh, an issue, as some of you know, um, that's very important to me. To raise awareness, to try to combat it, to try to educate people about it. I've been able to work with Frank's office to get people talking about human trafficking and what can be done. There have been other instances where I've been able to work with Frank Baker. So a few years back, uh, it was in 2016, I worked with Michael Flaherty's office to get some questions answered or get some information as to what um, the Sister Cities program was doing. And this was not meant as an attack against the, the people that were then running that program, but it was, well, what are you doing? And, and what can be done so that this wonderful resource, because it is a wonderful resource, to, to make sure that it really shines and, and really allows people around the city to, to benefit from it. And I will tell you that Michael Flaherty's office um, submitted an order for a hearing. Um, and at the hearing, Counselor Baker was there and he asked, he came prepared and he asked wonderful, very pointed questions. He, of course, wasn't disrespectful, but he asked questions that elicited responses that really allowed everyone in the room, and of course, anyone who was watching from home, to really understand what was being done within this department and what more could be done. I, I think, you know, at the end of the meeting, uh, or the hearing rather, people were thinking, well, well, what more can be done? And as a result of that hearing, the Sister City program was taken out from under the umbrella of special events and tourism. It was made its own department. The website, which had not been updated since the late 90s, was in fact updated. And it just, it, it got a complete makeover. And, you know, there are other instances I could point to 
where Frank Baker has really kind of taken the lead or really contributed to good and important things getting done. So my respect for him goes back uh, quite a few years. And I think that regarding Mayor Wu's activity, I don't see him being antagonistic. I see him using the power of the city council, using the power of his seat to, to counter responsibly what is happening from the executive office. And I think that when you have that push and pull, when you have that, that activity that does, you know, come uh, or, or how, how can I phrase it? That, that is effectively um, a push, a counter. Um, then you have transparency and then you have accountability because then people can't just do things they have to explain. So Mayor Wu can't just jettison memoranda. She can't pretend that it, 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 you know, those agreements didn't take place. She has to explain her rationale. She has to appear in front of the people and say, this is what's going on. So I want people to, I guess another takeaway is, is to really kind of listen to what everybody's saying. I, I think that, you know, it, it, when I say, you know, people, you know, if you're kind of like on the outside, you're paying attention, but you're not maybe um, involved in the protests or you're not really involved with um, asking the pointed questions or you're not, you know, organizing or, or, or involved in any kind of mobilizing. I mean, at the end of the day, I think what's what's the most important is just to be paying attention and to listen to listen. And it's it's the situation isn't it, it can't and and I'll continue to stress this on this show and on other episodes of Bostonian Rap that it can't be boiled down to Maya Wu is just trying to do the best she can and she's confronted with these these haters. These aren't haters. I'm not a hater. But if people are in a situation where they have a choice, they should be allowed to make that choice. If unions have made agreements, especially with government, that those agreements have to stand. And if you have a subsequent administration, and that's what we have here, that, you know, that comes in, it is not happy with the agreements. Well, a unilateral decision can't be made. The, you know, then there has to be uh, a new round of, good faith efforts 
to come to new agreements. But until those new agreements, uh, you know, when and if they happen, the the agreements in place, the accords that are in place, they have to be respected. So it's 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 uh <laughs> it's 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 quite um it's quite a time that that we are um living in and i think that like i said a lot of people are kind of waking up and i want people to understand that you know if they're kind of on the sidelines in this in, in this instance I want them to understand, and I want some of these politicians to understand, there are people that are lifelong Democrats, and they have been impacted and affected by these measures that are being pushed by the Wu administration in, in a way that they can't really quite articulate, but they know that something's very wrong. They know that this isn't something that they're comfortable with, and they know that this is about a lack of transparency and a lack of accountability. And so you have Republicans, you have lifelong Democrats, you have people who consider themselves liberal Democrats. You have people who are not affiliated with a party. You have people who are pro-labor. You have people who um, are fully vaccinated and boosted, and they're joining hands with people who aren't vaccinated. And it's just, it really is something to see. And I, I would love for the politicians to kind of see that this is a multidimensional, a multifaceted, multilayered movement reaction to what the Wu administration is pushing. And so I did share, of course, that the appellate judge has ruled against Mayor Wu. And, you know, to par- and I'm paraphrasing, uh, the Wu administration, of course, had a response. Uh, disappointment was expressed and the decision is being reviewed. And I have to say that I feel like there's really kind of, I, I don't, I don't know who's around the mayor who's advising her, but it's 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 really kind of like I know better. I know better than all of you. And there's really. I don't want to. I don't want to leave out. Or I don't want to. Short shrift um, the. The the having uh, the restaurants and the other businesses uh, and, and, you know, some nonprofits, um, the struggles that they're encountering, um, you know, because proof of vaccination has to be shown. 
Um, as I said, there are people who are fully vaccinated and, and they've received the booster shot and they re, they they will just they will not. It does not sit well with them that they have to show their vaccination card. They don't they don't want to do it. And uh, it, that, again, it, 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 it <laughs> that is 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 another critical part of this. Um, movement, if you will. Um, it, it, it's also another um, factor or a catalyst behind the malaise that is being felt because the businesses have suffered so much. And of course, the politicians, they've not had any kind of interruption and in their paycheck their standard of living has not seen a downturn, right? But the people whom they represent, many of them have struggled um, greatly. Um, they have been in a position where they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. So there's also that. So I'm going to continue talking about all of this. I'm certainly going to talk about... Um, Mayor Wu and her relationship with the city <laughs> uh, more. Um, but for now, that's that's what I have. Um, that's all the time I have. And uh, I thank you so much, as always, for listening. This has been Rachel Meiselman talking to you on Bostonian Rap. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.